Thank you for joining us for another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen. Today, tonight, we are reviewing another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Titled, The Tale of the Hungry Hounds, Season 1, Episode 5. I am one of your hosts, Rip, and I was always, I am joined by... Jumbi, and I'm very happy to be here tonight reviewing my favorite show, <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. First and foremost, Paramount Plus, throw all your money at Are You Afraid of the Dark as DJ Mikhail have <coughs> redo Are You Afraid of the Dark top to bottom, all the episodes. Don't change a word. And you can even rename it if you want to Are We Afraid of the Dark? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Are they afraid of the dark? That'd be even better. <laughs> So, as always, we like to give you our raw thoughts and emotions right off the bat. We watch the episode. As soon as we watch it, we close down the screen, open up our studio, and start recording to give you our live feedback. So, (laughs) when we finish this episode, I was very pleased that we went back to what I'm what I've grown accustomed to a very creative idea something that I just I wouldn't see anywhere else this kind of story yeah um the last one we did was just kind of like a deviation of the monkey's paw which was still fun it was a nice telling but you know it wasn't showing me something I haven't seen before this is definitely something I've never seen before <laughs> so I was I was happy to see it yeah, it it was nice to for them to actually go on, you know, their own story, their own creativity, instead mm-hmm. of kind of relying on a story that's been told to death, which is yeah. the Three Wish story. So yeah, <laughs> it was cool, um, creative story. It was a Christine story. So, do you recall if we've had a Christine story? Uh, um, so far, no. It's for the first four episodes. It's been Frank, Betty Ann, and what Eric twice. Yeah, and we still have some heard, reason. <laughs> we still haven't heard anything from um, David. Is that true? I feel like we heard a David story. Oh, wait, my and bad. And it was like the romantic one, right? Uh, yeah. I'm confusing David Eric with Eric. and David. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we heard two Davids. <laughs> nothing with Eric yet. We promised we wouldn't do that because he redeemed himself. We know David's name. We know it. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> Sorry, David. Mm-hmm. We did it again. He's earned our respect. <laughs> yes, he has. We're still waiting on you, Eric. Still waiting on you. Yeah. Still leave much to be desired. Hmm. Frank, you're good. And obviously, Betty Ann, <laughs> just you don't even have to show up to work. All right, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, turn in your hours whenever you feel like it. You're good. She was honestly the highlight of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, hmm. we hype up Betty Ann so much, but it's only now that I realize how much <laughs> she hypes herself up. Like, yeah, like we, we're not overselling it. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> Uh, Betty Ann, wherever you are, we miss you. We can easily look up how she's doing, but we're not going to do that. Nah, don't ruin the mystique. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's still at that campfire. 
<laughs> waiting, just telling stories to like every generation. Yeah. Anyone who shows up. <laughs> oh, so yeah, this episode kicks off with Kiki breaking a stick on her knee, and they're like adding wood to the fire, and you know everybody's there. The usual suspects are there: Betty Ann, Gary, Eric, David. Frank is Frank. there, but Christine has not shown up yet. So they are just sitting around joking, and everybody Megan, starts. Oh, what happened? Making all these like wolf noises, which like yeah. hits me when they're making all these wolf noises to annoy each other and try to scare each other. Um, they're in the middle of the woods, <laughs> probably somewhere but, deep in Canada. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> that's not like if you really think about it. That's kind of scary within itself. Like real things can happen to them while they're trying to say a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a wolf. Not. A, uh, not a smart idea. Yeah. So. And especially hits when, as Gary, um, is handing out the logs, to the, um, to every, pretty much everybody to throw in the campfire tells Kiki to light the match. Or rather, Kiki says she can do it. They all start talking about how Kristen's not there yet. And Gary is just like, well, I need to make a rule about latecomers. I was like, damn, Gary. <laughs> Putting down he the hammer. Runs a tight ship. Yeah. But it's at that point where everybody hears a howling in the distance. Everybody's asking, what is that? Frank correctly assumes that it sounds like a hound dog. Um, Eric just makes a joke about how it's Kristen. <laughs> Frank says that Kristen, oh, that Kristen's no dog. Right. <laughs> I don't know. My boyfriend. You tell him, Frank. You tell him. <laughs> that needed to be said. <laughs> that, that stood out to me so hard for other reason. But it's at that point, around the bend, everybody's looking at the corner, and of course, it's not looking at like at a person's view like a like um, a wide view it's kind of like at a small like you know a four-legged animal is gonna walk through that shot mm-hmm. and that's when we see like um, a nice old hound dog you know yeah and then Kristen's right there she's like sorry guys i had to um sorry i'm late i had to pick up elvis which we can clearly assume that elvis is the name of the dog to which mm-hmm. uh <laughs> Eric reply is like, oh, ain't nothing, always ain't nothing but a hound dog, which is nice, nice little callback. To yeah, <laughs> that's all we get from Eric so far, just puns, <laughs> no scary stories. <laughs> He's there for quote-unquote comic relief. Great. I love Eric. I'm going to forget his name. <laughs> um, what was it? <laughs> Eric is Eric has to have the smart comment. He's like, "Oh, Kirsten, are you gonna tell us a story, or is you're just gonna have us be scared by Elvis or something like that?" And um, and Kirsten's like, "No, I have a tale. They'll have you guys shaking in your booties." And everybody except one person was like, "Ooh, <laughs> we got a close up to everybody saying that, except Betty Ann." Betty Ann <laughs> kind of just like, like, gave that, I don't, I don't uh, like, oh yeah, face. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, 
she's she just like she gives a smile and her eyes are like really judgy and she's just <laughs> like yeah okay go ahead christine go with your um blow me away i, I can't wait to be scared christine i really can't <laughs> every night everybody says they're gonna blow me away i haven't been blown away yet come on let's see what you got Kristen. that is the facial expression of betty ann and that's why she's the goat because right now she's she's on top i don't care mm -hmm. one story and it's zebo anyone nobody beat zebo so far and <laughs> some good ones but yeah so betty ann was not impressed she gave <laughs> a very clear facial expression yeah showing that she was not impressed and then we not expected much <laughs> we come back to Kristen and submitted for the approval of the midnight society the tale of the hungry hounds and i like to point out that uh she does not throw the the concocting the concoction of dust or whatever and minerals into the fire magnesium yeah mm -hmm. magnesium it was david who did that because david's her uh, her interest yeah uh, wasn't that wasn't the love connection between yeah. her Epis and david episode yeah. three so something's happened something's going mm -hmm. on man good for Christine you dude. is his lady love yes yeah. All right. so as she said the the tale of the hungry hounds we cut to the story, but before we cut there, you could audibly hear Betty Ann's eyes roll. <laughs> <laughs> they had to cut that out because it was making too much noise. And <laughs> yeah. Good thing we watched the director's cut. Yeah. Um, so we start off and it is Kristen's telling us that we are in the country part of uh wherever the story is taking place so it's not a city it's not a suburb it's country so we're getting we're getting rural areas horses all that good stuff i assume since they have i like when they're i like when they're vague about it and <laughs> just like yeah we're in the country and you know my other relative over here she, she's from the city which city like <laughs> you know the city yeah. big city yeah you guys know <laughs> At this point, I'm just assuming Canada because all this was filmed in Canada. If I'm wrong, correct me. But I'm just gonna keep going with that. Canada mm -hmm. looks beautiful, so just throwing that out there. Yeah, we should visit. Yeah, go to the woods and the <laughs> tell a story. If so they, if they actually <laughs> did film this in the woods, I would go to that location. I just want to see it. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be something we have to look up. Call up DJ Mikhail. If they were smart or like, you know, we're just really cool, they should put like little props from the show, but like Zevo cutouts or something, <laughs> like just all around that part of the forest. That'd be kind of cool. Just scare the crap out of you. <sighs> put it like a, like a cutout of Betty Ann. <laughs> just telling stories. Animatronic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> That's a story in itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're in the country. It's a rainy day, and we're introduced to two teenage girls, Pam and Amy. They mm. are cousins, and Amy is visiting her cousin Pam. <laughs> and they're yeah. in... They're in... So, Amy's visiting Pam. They're in Pam's mother's attic. Um, to which Kristen says that 
Pam's mother's a real hoarder uh, who didn't throw anything out. And um, she is correct because <laughs> they're playing around with clothes and they seem to be playing around with their, I want to say, not even their grandparents. Is there, I think it's their grandparents' clothes. Yeah, like they have, they have stuff from Pam's parents, grandparents, and like relatives, ancestors. I guess is the right way <laughs> to to do it. Um, Amy, who lives in the city, came to visit Pam in the country. <laughs> uh, and they're in the attic because they're bored and they have nothing else to do. Um, Pam's trying on. Uh, her grandfather's old wedding suit. Um, <laughs> uh, was it? Yeah. Pam is trying on grandfather's suit. And as she's explaining all this stuff to Amy, we don't see Amy yet. Amy, mm. all of a sudden we hear a faint, <laughs> like, howling sound. Not of a... Uh, like a wailing, like a ghost wailing. <laughs> and that's when... Pam goes over and we hear the thunder because it's raining outside and an entity is in a wedding dress with a failed cover to their face and then the entity says the guests are arriving dear it's nearly time for the wedding and then Pam is visibly like scared and annoyed at the same time and she's like this isn't funny <laughs> and then Amy <laughs> Amy's like ah oh, come on and she takes off the wedding dress and that's when we reveal it's Amy in the wedding dress woo mm-hmm. <laughs> Amy all the way from the big city <laughs> you know the one yeah big city Amy um and then we start getting a feel for both their personalities right off the bat alright at this point Mm-hmm. Pam quotes Hamlet, so she's well read. Uh, Amy did not know that she was quoting Hamlet, Hamlet, so Amy's not well read. I guess is the <laughs> is what we can infer from that. And let's see. And at that point, a uh, wind blows, and an old black leather trunk. Um falls it is in that old black leather trunk it's filled with a bunch of old letters and black and white pictures Amy picks one up and she sees a young woman who is with a horse and another one of her horseback riding and Amy's like Pam I didn't know that you knew how to ride horses to which Pam replies no my mom actually doesn't would, would hates um, the idea of me riding horseback, even though I've begged her so many times. She's like, okay, then who's this? And Pam is like, actually, that's our Aunt Dora. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Aunt Dora is like a copy and paste of Pam. And this is when we learned that Aunt Dora died very, very young. There was three kids i guess yeah um, there must have been so the father <laughs> of amy yeah the mother of pam mm-hmm. and then Antora. the equestrian Antora, who died equestrian? when she was young. 
Mm-hmm. And then she had a horse named Mirage. Oh, yes, Mirage. Can't forget Mirage. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and as the night can't get any more crazier, they're hearing mm-hmm. a loud screeching sound, I guess. Um, and they're trying to figure out where that screeching sound is coming from. And they go, and Pam is resistant. She's, mm-hmm. um, she's, she just wants to get out of there. At that point, it's just it's thundering. They're in an attic. It, weird vibes are up there. They don't. She just wants to get out of there. But Amy, has says, uh, no, she doesn't want to. Get, she doesn't believe in ghosts. None of that's gonna bother her. So, mm-hmm. she, uh, they go follow the sound. They pull it out. Uh, pull out an old wooden storage chest. And on the chest, it reads Dora Pease, 1963. Which we could assume that it's their Aunt Dora's chest, wooden chest, and mm-hmm. their last name is Pease, or at least Amy's last name is Pease. <laughs> yeah. And Pam is still resistant. It's like, okay, you pulled out. There's a screeching coming from a random wooden chest in here that we have to dig out to find. Um, I think that's enough for today. Amy's still like, come on. It it sounds like a mouse. A mouse probably got in there and it's stuck in there. Do you want to leave a mouse stuck in a chest? And my immediate thought was if it found its way in, I'm sure it could find its way out. But maybe that's mm-hmm. me being optimistic. My first thought would be like, oh, I don't want to mess with a rat. I'm just <laughs> leaving. Like, I'm getting out of here. Get the plague. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, there's a lock on there. And although Amy had that look in her eyes that like, dude, we could just get some bolt cutters and bolt cut that shit down. Um. <laughs> it was uh, at that point, Pam's mom calls them down. And they got to feed the dog. They have a dog. And the girls need to one go. One dog. One dog. And they both need to go down and feed it. Mm-hmm. And. Would, like if that dog's name was Elvis. <laughs> How convenient. Mm-hmm. Or like L or Vis. You know, just to throw everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Presley. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> but yeah, Presley peas. <laughs> Ooh, Presley peas. Um. So yeah, that that's about it. They they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't mess around. They had to go feed go feed the dog, and Amy talks to the chest and vows to let the mouse out, and the end from that scene, and we cut to. Pam and Amy walking down a road in the middle of the day. Hmm. Yeah. And in true fashion, Amy's opening up. And I, I would just like to add, um, we get your typical country versus city. The person that with the country uh, origin has more of a conservative, quote unquote, get up. Pam is dressed with... Um, button up shirt, button up all the way to the top. 
pants tucked into like these pants. Pam looks pants like tucked in the pants. Oh, <laughs> uh, and Amy looks like just ask anybody from the nineties that like went to high school in like the early nineties. Any like high school dance, like whatever they sc- describe how the <laughs> the the get ups look like, the digs, the the clothes. That's exactly what Amy's wearing, and has Very, that vibe. Yeah, high fashion nineties clothes. Exactly the stereotypical get up that you would expect. Yeah, like weird colors, weird patterns, like mm-hmm. jackets that are too long and probably too thin to be con- considered jackets uh hairstyle kind of cool i guess sunglasses for no reason even though she's out in the country and it makes sense for her to have sunglasses <laughs> so yeah and i i like that they kind of get along they're just kind of looking for something to do but they don't hate each other or anything because there's been like a little bit of a trend where it's like man my cousin's coming over God, I hate my cousin. So weird and different from me. Like this, this time it's just like, oh, we like each other. We're just kind of bored. You know, yeah. what, do we, what do we do today? I just think of those like, um, like how can these two coexist? Find out in this episode. <laughs> but I'm yeah. glad that it's just it's just really like a wholesome family tale. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't more that Amy couldn't stand being there. It's just that she is not used to it and she acknowledges that she's bored she's like Mm -hmm. she's like but she's inquisitive like what do you what do you guys do i'm bored like um trying to learn yeah and she's like what do you guys do for fun i don't i don't get it and then pam's like oh well if you can keep a secret i'll show you what we do for fun and then amy's Um, like okay (laughs) what's gonna happen is she going to show us like a secret underground country party, a square dance veil mm-hmm. or something? And then yeah. Pam runs over and takes Amy to a horse pen. And we just see a nice, beautiful black horse. Mm-hmm. All majestic. It walks over to Pam, recognizes her. And, uh, what's it? and she starts petting it. And it's not there horse they're taking care of it for for somebody who lives in the city but and that they come every weekend so pam gets to hang out with the horse and pam starts petting it it's letting it the horse is letting pam pet it and pam feeds it a carrot that she just happened to have in her pocket before this moment, Amy's like, all right, like I'm down to go see whatever this is. It's going to be awesome. I don't know what it could be. It could be an underground club. It could be drugs. I don't know what it is. But why do you got that carrot, man? What's with the carrot? She <laughs> just carries it around. Yeah, maybe some currency. Like, yo. She must have thought, like, <laughs> snack time. Like, she yeah. just really loves carrots. Maybe. <laughs> yo, I'll trade you some good stuff for that carrot. Y'all got any carrots? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this character? It sounds very scary. <laughs> Not as scary as a character that we're going to meet in the future. But, mm-hmm. um, so, but I like this part. I like because it, it starts, we, we hear earlier that Pam isn't allowed to ride horses. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really get a good sense of why. 
just that her mom's overprotective. And what was it? Uh, but here she is playing with a horse. And so that love for horses cannot be, um, what, drowned by her mom's rules. Mm-hmm. She's a born <laughs> equestrian, and she will not change herself for her mother. Yes, not Speaking sure. of her mother. <laughs> right as Pam is about to jump that fence and get on that horse, Pam's mom <laughs> just does like a <laughs> like a drifting <laughs> just into like, Pam, what the fuck are you doing? Starts beeping and this freaks out Pam. And Pam just like falls off the fence. She hadn't gone onto the horse yet and lands right on her back. I read that more like everything was going fine. She was going to get on the horse. And then her mom's like, let me do everything I can (laughs) to make this horse scared. So it hurts my daughter. And she just beeps the horn and yells at the horse. like, (laughs) And she makes her fall. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. And then she's like, do you know how dangerous that is? Mm -hmm. And then you and I are like, what honking a freaking horn at a horse yeah that is pretty dangerous you psycho freaking mom (laughs) jeez (laughs) and then uh pam fights back she's like well if i knew how to ride a horse then it wouldn't be as dangerous now wouldn't it einstein (laughs) like please let me go (laughs) (laughs) please mom please let me get some riding lessons and her mom says no and I and this that's the end of it. I don't want to have, to have this discussion again. Um, Pam's like, look, it's safe. And Pam's like, yeah. Pam's like, look, what happened to Aunt Dora was thirty years ago, Mom. And when she said that, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> it makes sense. Like, I I get why your mom doesn't want you to do this, because yeah. the mom looks at her and she's like, well, to me, it's like it happened yesterday. All right. Because yeah. her sister died, presumably doing something similar, right? Mm-hmm. On a horse. Yeah, on a horse. That's that's what we can gather. And even so, it, it it yeah. It's at this point Amy gets in there and she's like, "I think, I think we should give it a rest. You know, you're not gonna win this one." These are very level-headed, rational teenagers, and just I'm just not accustomed to it. They usually make really dumb decisions and they just haven't been doing it this episode i like it yeah <laughs> get some good people here uh so we're back with pam and amy they're on a picnic table and they have a bunch of board games next to them but you know amy's not having this and casually among these board games it's a ouija board <laughs> <sighs> I hate Ouija boards. And it's it's just there. This is the nineties. They didn't know how much power they had back then, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Don't play with Ouija boards. Do not please. please. We are not sponsored by Ouija boards. So Mm-mm. that's how you know we're serious about this. We have nothing to do with Milton Bradley. Nope. <laughs> so Pam wants to play a board game, you know. But Amy's kinda over it. Um She's just like, um, like, like what? Like I can't just keep playing board games. I need something more 
exaggerating. She even starts making fun of it. Um, say, like, oh, we we can shuck corn too, right? <laughs> but Pam's like, look, I have this game. There's no DLC. It's right out of the box. And it's a Ouija board. And I can't play it by myself. You need two people. So, <laughs> um, Pam and Amy uh, start playing with the Ouija board. That Apparently, Pam's mom and Aunt Dora used to play all the time. So, not to speak ill of the dead, but they're already messing with forces beyond their control. And there seems to be something spooky going on. I wonder why. Everybody. <laughs> so they're going. They're playing with the Ouija board. And if you've never played with the Ouija board, you have this board that has, board. <laughs> has letters on it. And um, you have a little device where you and somebody else move it around. And you're supposed to let the hands of a spirit or whatever um, start taking control of it. And it, people will say that when you use a Ouija board and you start spinning it like that, it starts moving on its own. No, Everybody stops like trying to get it to move. And they, everybody thinks the other person's getting it to move. But no, it's the th- you know the extra person, the spirit. And it starts spilling out words, and they're just like they're communicating with the beyond. I I would never do it. <laughs> nah, I don't need it. Let let the spirits rest. But they decide. Let's do it. Let's go for it. We're bored. Country life ain't the life for Amy. Let's talk to some ghosts. So they start moving out, moving the letter, the the device to start spilling out letters, and it spells. L-E-T-M-E-O-U-T to which Amy says Lemout. Lemout. <laughs> and I was like, nice. And then Pam, yep. Pam's like, this is Lemout. 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 No, let me out. like, Pam's like, no, you stupid city folk. It says, <laughs> let me out. And how's that city education going for you? <laughs> Jeez. And then Amy's. So, <laughs> the, yeah, Amy's just like, you know, it might be that that spooky mouse, you know, from the chest earlier that wants to get out. <laughs> uh, how about that? And then the spirits, plus Amy and Pam's hands, keep moving the dial and it goes to the numbers portion and it hits very specific numbers. It hits one, four, nine. So obviously this is indicating that this is the combination to the chest because they weren't able to open the padlock earlier. And I guess it just has like, you know, one number or maybe like three numbers. I don't know. Is it like one, four, nine, or is those all together? Um, left, right, left. <laughs> left, right, left. Okay. Yeah. So it gives them the combination for the lock. So it cuts back to the attic. The girls are in the attic. Pam's a little nervous. She's like, I'm not sure about this. I mean, at best case scenario, 
we get a rat. I mean, I don't, I don't, this is a bad idea. And Amy's like, I'm bored out of my mind. All right. I, I, the horse idea fell through. We can't even play that board game anymore. It led us here. This is what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> get with me. And Amy's feeling, you know, she's feeling good. She's going there. She gets to the chest. She opens it up. And then surprise, surprise, a giant rat hops out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what happened? My, my first reaction to this is like, you, you got the numbers to a combination to a lock and it worked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'd be like, okay, uh, thank you Proof for your help. For me. Yeah, this is cool. Let's get the fuck out of here. <sighs> but yeah. But they don't learn. <laughs> so Pam's like, wow, it worked. And there's a big rat. I'm getting out of here. And Amy's like, I'm not scared of rats. All right. I'm from insert name of city here. All right. <laughs> I'm used to seeing rats all the time. <laughs> I'm They're from all the over city. the. <laughs> <laughs> There's rats everywhere in the city, every city. Yeah. So she convinces Pam to stay after a little bit of, you know, just like, hey, stop being scared. Come on, it's just just a chest, and they dig around through it. The chest is smoking. It's like it's has this little mist coming off of it. Yeah. Which is weird because you mentioned Rip. Yeah. That. There's, there's a, a hole. Yeah. <laughs> there's a big hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a hole in the side of the chest where the mouse uh, chewed its way in mm. before it got stuck. So why is there still smoke coming out when they open it? Ooh. Mm. But what do they find in the chest? So they're digging through the chest and they find Aunt Dora's beautiful riding clothes. They pretty much find her whole equestrian outfit with the hat and everything's there. But they don't. They only pull out some of it. So they pull out her riding clothes, Aunt Dora's riding clothes, and they notice it's covered in grass, which means that they did not wash it the last time she used it. They just kind of threw it in this chest and locked it. Right. Yes, you're correct. Mm-hmm. So Pam pulls out the big coat, and she's like, man, I've always wanted one of these. Gosh, it's so beautiful. And she puts the coat on and she slowly gets engulfed with the same type of steam that was coming out of the out of the chest earlier. Yeah. And then quite suddenly she becomes possessed by something. We don't know we don't know right away what it is, but you know, it's a pretty we have a pretty good idea. She seems to be possessed and possessions make her have a much better hairdo. Her hair gets let down. <laughs> her curls are flowing. They're not tied back anymore. And she is looking ominous. Her hair looks better, but her facial expression <laughs> says otherwise. She looks she looks worse for where she is possessed. Yes. So Pam walks over without blinking. She's kind of just staring in one direction. And she walks over toward a round window and Amy this entire time is like uh Pam Pam <laughs> yo Pam it's me your cousin Amy come on uh, pay attention to me your hair looks great what is going on and she's being completely ignored Amy so Pam walks toward the window 
and the window just kind of opens up <laughs> into this big hole. And Amy doesn't say anything. She's like, excuse me? Like, that's <laughs> that's odd. And why is it nighttime right now? Because <laughs> apparently it was broad daylight. But now all of a sudden it's night. And Amy only just noticed. And She's like, wait, when did it become nighttime? Like, it was, she's and like, this is the part where Amy was my favorite at this point. Because mm-hmm. all these crazy stuff is going on. And she just starts pointing out the obvious of why it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I like to think that like it wasn't like morning or anything. It just got dark earlier because it's the countryside and you know it, it night there's like a time difference or something. <laughs> that, that was kind of what I was thinking. She's like, oh my god, it's nighttime, it's only six o'clock where I come from, big city. It's dark at eight. Because the sun doesn't go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not on that coast. The buildings hold up the sun and makes it slower. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I'm from the city. The sunlight gets refracted off the glasses on the buildings in my big city, obviously. (laughs) So she, whatever, the big window opens. (laughs) Pam, who is now possessed, walks out of it into the night. And there's this makeshift stair there. And Amy's like, this is weird because I don't remember any stairs there. So they walk out and the window seems to be level, even though it's the second story of the house. It seems to be like almost level with the floor. And they walk out onto it and it doesn't even seem like the window's connected to the house anymore. Just like a weird portal. Oh. Mm. So they walk out of it. It's very Twilight Zone. Very weird. Something like odd is happening here. They're in another dimension almost. And, and they walk out into a dark, scary forest. I like to point out those stairs aren't normal stairs. They're like something you'd find out of like Ninja Warrior. <laughs> where you have to do like, you you have to put one foot at a time because there's like a big gap in the middle. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like, it's only enough to put a foot. And then on the other side, you could put a foot. But there's a big space in the middle. So you can't just like walk. I don't, I don't know. You have to be careful how you walk. But it literally looks like something out of Ninja Warrior where you have to, like, try to walk down these stairs <laughs> before without falling off. That would have been the most unexpected move. They just start, like, running as fast <laughs> as they can down the stairs, <laughs> like, trying to not fall. <laughs> so they, they run out into the forest. It's pitch black outside. And Amy nervously follows Pam into the woods. She's super scared, obviously, because her cousin's acting weird and not responding to her. And she's also hearing animal noises. So that's freaking her out. <laughs> Pam keeps walking. And Amy's like, all right, I'm going to go back now. All right, Pam, peace. I am, I'm tired of following you. This is not cool. This is the opposite of the big city. This is the <laughs> forest. I don't like it out here. I want to go home. And she leaves, quote unquote. And Pam keeps walking. And as the animal sounds intensify, Amy kind of gets scared. And she <laughs> runs back toward her. And she's like, all right, Pam. All right. Whatever. You win. It's almost dinner time. Please come back with me. <laughs> so then what happens? She's like, don't you have to feed the dog or something? <laughs> Nothing. Like She's trying everything. She's pulling out everything. Like, your mom's calling you. Uh, I'm going to tell your mom you're riding horses if you don't come back. <laughs> uh, but nothing. And... Uh, Amy's just like, look, you win. If you're trying to do some big trick on me, you got me. Yeah, like, I'm totally freaked out right now. 
and I'm still like, dude, you don't think it's weird that there was like a railing outside the second story window or third story, the attic window, <laughs> and you just walked into like level forest ground? <laughs> like, do you think that? Super connect- weird. Yeah, it's like, if, did you look behind you? Did you see a house? No, come on. But maybe how did the window open? Yeah, how did the window open? <laughs> but you know, maybe maybe she's it was just... the wind. <laughs> the wind, the wind, the same wind that like knocked down the boxes and revealed the chest. Must have been the same rat. He opened the window. <laughs> was it a? I don't know. Maybe she's just like, look, I don't want to go deeper into this. If the sooner we get out of here, the sooner the less we have to deal of this whole thing. But Pam is in a trance and us the audience know that this is dora possessing her for sure mm-hmm. uh, seems that way amy doesn't know so a- amy just keeps walking and then she uh uh pam reveals where she was going or dora we're gonna call it dora from now on dora reveals where she was going and amy realizes it's a cemetery and Amy's reaction was great. She's like, oh, no, come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is what we're doing? We're going to a, to a graveyard? And she's very like, I'm coming in with, I'm, we gotta, I'm coming back with Pam. So she follows Pam into the graveyard. And she starts really reading um, different family members' names from the graveyard and that's when she realizes they're at the family graveyard or something or at least the fam- family portion and then the graveyard of the peas <laughs> so they're at the graveyard of the peas um and we see pam and she's holding an old bone which is kind of weird yeah so she holds this old bone in her hand, and Amy's like, gross, why are you holding that? And Dora is says something in French that I will not butcher. Mon do you want to give petit me rouge. Mon petit rouge. I can't do rouge. Do for Francais? Parle, parle, parle. No, I can't do it anymore. Sorry. <laughs> parle Moulin Buffin. Rouge. Voulou. I can't. <laughs> If you speak French, we apologize. Sorry. You do apologize. Mon petit so, rouge. That's exactly what Pam said. Mm-hmm. And Amy is kind of like, all right, that's weird. Um, I didn't know you could speak French. That's <laughs> right, nice. So Dora explains to Amy that the bone she's holding is a gift from her little fox friend. And Fox leaves presents for her. And at this moment, Amy's just like, all right, well, Pam's insane. <laughs> You're out of your mind now. All right, Pam, that's cool. Let's, let's go to a hospital. <laughs> and she used to call the Fox this French term. What was it? Mon petit rouge. rouge. Exactly. <laughs> Which means little red one. Very creative. So the Fox was kept in a cage for the upcoming fox hunt however um she developed feelings for the fox so she fed it twice a day and obviously she really didn't want it to go out and get you know destroyed by hounds because she kind of kept it as a pet so yeah she explains that she explains that she didn't want the dogs to kill the fox in the fox hunt so she plans to set him free so on the day of the hunt 
she woke up before dawn and she said the little red one also called what mon petit rouge i'm going to get rouge said... correct i don't <laughs> care <laughs> one day <laughs> she set that little fox free he was scared and shivering in his cage but when she opened up the cage he got out he began running freely and the hounds nearby in another part of the barn that she said that she was in they could smell him and they were getting super hungry they're getting ravenous they're just like oh my god the fox <laughs> is nearby and we're hounds literally trained by human beings to hunt it down and kill it because you know humans are kind of mean like that so the hounds shouldn't be to blame is kind of what i'm getting at i'm not scared of hounds all right human beings trained it to be like savage and I love dogs, and I feel bad for those little hounds. <laughs> so she then opened up the barn door, and she freed the little, um, she freed the little fox, and she realized that fox ran into the woods where the under other hunters were. So at this point, Amy's just like, "All right, Pam's Pam's out of her mind. <laughs> I don't know what to do with Pam." <laughs> Uh, it, it's a sad story. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, but Pam keeps going on. Uh, Amy rightfully is just like, I, where's the story coming from? Like, what, what is Pam talking about? But Dora keeps going. Um, she got on She's her like, horse, Mirage. Mm -hmm. And then what else happened? She got on Mirage. And she planned to follow her little fox friend into the woods um, until he was far enough away from anyone. So she did so. She went out. She raced along, you know, with her little friend on Mirage's back. And at some point, Mirage got spooked. Mirage missed the jump. And then she died. Her and Mirage. Mm -hmm. They both went out together. Yeah. And then at this moment, <laughs> out of nowhere, at at the peak creepiness, after Pam <laughs> just said that she died, and Amy's like, oh, God, I think I can understand what's happening now. You're not Pam. The moment <laughs> the story is over, a ghost appears of an old man who has no blood in his body, and he looks it. His <laughs> name is Giles. Giles appears. Amy backs away in fright. Um, Pam, or Dora, Dora doesn't really react at all. She's just like, yeah, whatever. Hey, hi, Giles. What's up? Go do chores, Giles. <laughs> and Giles addresses Dora, and he's just like, where were you? Why didn't you get the chores done? You needed to feed the dogs. Why didn't you feed the dogs? <laughs> Damn it, Dora, why did you do it? It cost me my life over here. It did. And it, really it turns did. out <laughs> It turns out the morning of the big, you know, fox hunt when she was doing her little mini adventure and freeing the fox and you know, dying. She forgot to feed the hounds. She forgot to feed them anything. So it fell to Giles to kind of clean up that mess. And when Giles went to do so, the dogs were like insane. They were, they were like all over him and he was able to get away. But 
unfortunately, Giles is an old, old man, or at least he was, and he had a heart attack. Damn. <laughs> Just this butterfly effect, dude. Yeah. So Giles is like, you literally murdered me, girl. I can't believe it. And he's just screaming, why didn't you feed the hounds? Why didn't you feed the hounds? You killed me. Ah. So then they run into the barn because um, Giles is just being creepy, like out, of, like really, really scary. So they run into the barn and Dora's, Dora lights a lantern and she holds it up, illuminating the entire barn. And Amy asks Dora, what was that all about? Like, who is that man? Like, what? what is this whole story? Like, tell me what's going on, all right? And she tells Amy that that was the stable keeper, Giles. And then suddenly, a loud locking sound is heard. Now they realize that the, do- the barn door is locked from the outside. And they can't get out. They're trapped. Yeah. Oh. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so they they got locked in from the outside. Mm-hmm. They got locked inside from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this story really took like <laughs> some several different turns. I would have never predicted anything in this story to play out like it played out. <laughs> it's like so much creative but <laughs> unexpected setup to yeah. get to these dogs that haven't even shown up yet. We're like. Mostly through the episode, and there's just no dogs. The scariest I, thing I've seen is a man named Giles. I forgot this episode was titled The Tale of the Hungry Hounds. I really did. And then it's only until, like, why didn't you feed the hounds? I'll say, oh, <laughs> okay, that's right. This is about hounds, not horses. My bad. <laughs> uh, or evil spirits. It uh, could have been called The Ouija Board. Yeah. It could have been called The Tale of the Equestrian, The Tale of <laughs> Giles, anything. <laughs> Towns are barely involved. Yeah. The tale of the overprotective parent. Yeah. She almost got her killed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's at this point that they're all locked in the barn and it, they chose to transition back into the Midnight Society where the story is being told. You know, they got to get their paychecks. They got to earn their money. It's not a free ride. Right? And... Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Eric starts make teasing Elvis because Elvis was making sounds. I'm like Eric. I just really Eric talks a lot of shit. Dude. He does, and he doesn't really tell any stories. He just he just talks shit all day. Yeah, <laughs> so, bullying dogs. Yeah, that that's just what he's there for. He's like. We we learned he wouldn't stop making fun of us, so we just thought we can concentrate the energy here. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if we don't if we don't let him into the group, he's gonna tell everybody about it. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts teasing Elvis. He's like, "What happened?" And to remind you, Elvis is the dog that Kristen brought. Um, her dog. He's like, "Oh, what do you smell a fox, Elvis?" And then Betty, Betty Ann's like, "Oh, maybe Elvis is scared." And I'm like, damn, Betty, I'm like, just... <laughs> he's a dog, right? He's... And then Kiki's like, maybe, then... maybe he's hungry. Mm. <laughs> Alluding to, you know, the hungry hounds from the story. Yeah. And Kiki was right, because Kristen gives him a little doggy treat. So he was hungry. <laughs> um, And then David is like, 
Well, who locked the girls in the barn? To which Kristen replies, it might have been Giles. Giles. Mm-hmm. It could have been another ghost from the family graveyard. Ooh. A spooky question that doesn't mm-hmm. get answered. <laughs> it does not. I forgot I that question can... was posed. <laughs> I think she was like, she was improvising there. She's like, shit, I, I didn't think you, um, maybe it was Giles. Yeah. Giles pretty creepy. Any, it could have been anybody, really. I'm not going to write myself into a corner here. Stop poking <laughs> holes in my plot. Just like you little mouse. David. <laughs> uh, going to bring it back. Yeah, baby. And we're back. Kristen goes on into the story. <laughs> Pam, Dora, and Amy are just trapped inside the barn. Um, Amy's looking for a way out, but Dora is just in this trance of, I need to feed the hounds. Like, to me, uh, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> but, yeah. <clears throat> and she starts in this trance of walking t- towards a banging door. You hear dogs barking, and it's banging. And Dora's like, I need to feed the hounds. And it's like, yo, did you not listen to Giles? Did you not hear the story? <laughs> Those dogs are going to rip you apart. They're uh, trained killers. <laughs> but uh, but Dora has, uh, has guilt. All this happened because she forgot to feed the hounds, and it's all her fault. She killed um, Giles. Yeah. Amy's like, um, Amy's trying to snap her out of it. She's like, Pam, come back. You're not Dora. Stop acting like Dora. And it's nobody's fault. It, none of this um, none of this was could be have, have been predicted. Okay. Um It's like, not it's not Pam's fault. It's not my fault. It it's not even your fault, Dora. Like <laughs> this this is just a freak accident. Yeah. Nobody's at fault. Right. But Dora's not hearing having any of it and just keeps going towards to go the to the door. Amy tries to take her jacket off. Um because she's like, Okay, it has to be uh she's like, You've been acting this way ever since you put on that jacket. Let me take it off. But that doesn't work. So <clears throat> uh Pat, Amy's uh, like Yeah. We're your nieces. You can't do this. You're just in Pam's body. Get out of Pam's body right now. And Dora's just like, don't be stupid. I don't have any nieces, all right? My brother and sister are like 10 years old, idiot. (laughs) And we now see that the wooden door where the hounds are kept, it's it's illuminated, by the way. I thought that was interesting. Do you remember that? It was like illuminated by light. Yeah, it's like... Like, everybody look at this door. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she keeps saying she has to feed them. She has to feed them. But Amy's like, yeah, feed them what? Feed them me? She's getting real paranoid. She's just like, you're going to kill me or something? Yeah. So as she gets closer and closer to the door, there's an open cage nearby. And Amy's like, all right, I ain't having this. And Amy throws her into the cage and locks it. <laughs> nice. So Amy gets the gets one over on her Aunt Dora and she is talking with her and Aunt Dora is just like, please, I really need to feed these dogs. Like, I don't want to make the same mistake again. I have to do my chores. Like, bad things happen, like heart attacks if I don't do this. <laughs> so she demands to be let out and 
Amy Selzer, nah, that ain't gonna happen, all right, Chief? I'm not gonna do that. You're gonna kill me and feed me to those little dogs. Don't be an idiot. And then she's like, no, I'm gonna feed them kibble, all right? They eat kibble. And there's a big bag of it over there. So Amy's like, all right, well, I'm not gonna let you out because I'm not an idiot. I'm gonna go get the kibble myself. And then I'll feed the dogs and everyone will be happy. All right, the dogs will be fed. Um, you'll be happy and we can all go home. So she goes to get the bag of kibble. It's like a big old bag of dog food. She's struggling with it a bit. And as she's doing that, Amy, I mean, not Amy, Dora is taking off her equestrian belt. I think it's her belt. And she makes like this loop maneuver thing. <laughs> and she throws it over the the cage because the, the door, the roof, it's not really connected to the roof. So you can kind of swing it over the door. Mm. And she kind of loops it around the door lock, and she she opens the door that way. It was kind of impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, she very impressive. <laughs> so. So she, yeah, yeah, she gets out of the cage. Gets out of the cage, and at this point, she's going back into her trance of "I need to feed these dogs." And you see Amy dragging the kibble, and she's like, "No, I got the kibble. I could do this." No, but I must do it. I need to do my chores. No, stop it. Stop doing this, please. Get away. I I got this. Turn around or at least grab some kibble. She's like, no, I need to open the door. I need to do my chores. And then that's when Dora opens the door and all the hounds just books it. Amy's just like, F this, drops the bag of kibble. And we see all the kibble spill onto the floor. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. Amy's running up the, the haystacks. And we're like, okay, uh, the dogs are going to get distracted by the kibble. They don't. <laughs> they, <laughs> they run past the kibble st- straight for Amy. And Amy's They're freaking out. They're bloodthirsty. Yeah. <laughs> they, they want live food. They don't want no kibble. Um. Um. And then Amy's like trying to kick him off. She's freaking out, uh, but they're they're ready, and they're supposed to be vicious. But I saw four cute puppies just try to like play with Amy. Yeah, they <laughs> like, looked adorable. Yeah, I know. I was like, dude, are they that hungry? Just like rub their tummy, you know, <laughs> throw a ball or something. But no, they're out for blood, and Amy's freaking out. And that's when we see Mont Petit Rouge running out. And the hounds begin to chase after the little red one. And it's implied that he sacrificed himself to distract the hounds long enough for Pandora and Amy to escape. Ugh. So, so, yeah, I saved them. Yeah. So the fox hunt, even though Dora didn't want it to happen, it did ultimately happen in the spirit world. So the fox hunt has begun. They got saved by the little um, French fox. And suddenly, uh, not even suddenly, Pam... Pam doesn't see the fox anymore. She looks around. She walks forward to go and find her. But obviously, she's getting ripped to shreds at the moment. And then as the barn's front door opens, 
She sees Dora in full riding gear mounted on her horse. So Amy, they go outside and Amy sees Dora just in full equestrian attire on Mirage, who is no longer, you know, missing. Mirage, the ghost horse, is there. And she is still trying to save that little fox. She cries out for her to wait, but Dora has fox hunting to do or fox saving to do. So she doesn't listen. And then Amy goes running after her into the woods. And she finds a flight of stairs. So she climbs back up the flight of stairs. She's like, this is my chance to get out of this nightmare room. So she runs up the stairs, leaving Dora Pan behind. And she gets back into the house. (laughs) And she's super relieved. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What am I going to tell Pam's parents? I can't believe this. I have to think of a cover story, a backstory. <laughs> um, the police are never going to buy that we just entered the spirit room. What do I do? She's thinking of ways to get out of this because she's from the big city and people <laughs> go missing all the time. And you got to get an alibi. All right. But luckily, she doesn't need an alibi because Pam comes stumbling out from between the clothes like she was hiding there. And she's just like, oh my God, uh, dusty in there. And she starts sneezing. She apparently doesn't remember anything and she's starting to take off the jacket and amy's just like super shocked she's just like yo you were not there a second ago do you remember what happened like she she tries to reference the experience and she's like what are you talking about amy about being so crazy all right settle down i have to go feed the dogs and amy's just like you only have one dog and pam says yeah and it needs to get fed I'm just going to go feed the dog. And Amy's like, no, you said dogs. I know you <laughs> did say dogs. I'm not crazy. You're crazy. And Pam's just like, all right, settle down. Who cares what I said, Amy? <laughs> it's just stop being a weirdo. And then Amy is graceful enough to be like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not crazy. She kind of <laughs> deals with it. And then, yeah. And that's about it and at the end as Pam goes to go feed Rexy her dog mm-hmm. Amy follows reaches into her pocket and pulls out some kibble and says I know just the perfect thing to feed Rexy while smiling the end mm-hmm. that perfect thing was <laughs> Fox <laughs> Uh, and then Kristen tells everybody that Pam asked her mom one last time for writing lessons. And to everybody's shock, her mom agreed. Uh, because thanks to Amy, her mom was no longer haunted by her sister. Dora found peace. And because Dora found peace, the um, she no longer tormented Pam's mom. And she was no longer tormented by the howling of the hungry hounds. And that's when Gary declares the meeting officially closed and tells everyone, don't forget to feed your dog or he may just have a bone to pick with you. And puts out the fire. And as he puts out the fire, everybody kind of, you know, has makes a face except Betty Ann. Betty Ann's just like, no, don't. <laughs> 
don't end this on a pun. Vivian cringes is, and yeah, she's just cringes. like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought we came here to tell scary stories. <laughs> I know this was open mic night, Gary. All right. This is some serious shit. And you're just taking away the terror and putting in your lame dad joke. I, I'm sick of this, Gary. You're not the leader. I want to vote again. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait for another Betty Ann story. I want her to put everyone in their place. <laughs> Uh, but yes, after that pun, uh, Gary puts out the fire, and that's it. And mm. and that's all they wrote. Yeah, and we're done. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was, was all right. It was decent. Yeah, it uh, to me, it went off the tracks a little bit. I started like doing everything. I had yeah. a Ouija board. I had spirits. I had a, well, I guess that goes together, right? <laughs> um, it had hounds. I had a cemetery. I had a different dimension. I had a like time travel, <laughs> but uh, it it really tied it together with um, you know, when they finally revealed it, just Dora is just going through everything to try to recollect herself, try to figure out what mm-hmm. happened. She retells the story of the day she died. She, unfortunately, unfortunately, whatever, however you want to see it, she bonded with a fox. When it came time to hunt that fox, she tried to steer the fox away from the hunters. And with a mistimed jump, she died, along with Mirage, RIP. Rip. Mm -hmm. Um, That inadvertently, uh, because she was so focused on that, she forgot to feed the dogs in the morning and as soon as Giles the stable keeper went to go check on the dogs they ripped him to shreds and he survived the encounter but his he's at his age his heart can take it and he died of a heart attack on the spot bad day yeah very bad day so yeah I was actually happy. Well, not happy, but I I thought Giles was their father. And I thought that was like a two for one. Like they lost their father and sister on the same day. That would have been bad. It's like, oh, it's just a stable boy. Stable man. Mm. (laughs) Stable boy. Yeah. So this was the first Christine story. Yep. Not bad. It's good. It is good. Definitely ranks above the monkey's paw, mm. which was a David tale. But David had a good tale under his belt before that. So, you know, I can't really fault him. So does Kristen get our respect? She does. She does. Creativity. Yeah. She went with it. She did. She she really, really went with it. I feel like Kristen might be maybe like a Doctor Who fan or like a, a science fiction fan. Because this had more science fiction elements than it's like. They went through a portal to another dimension. It's very Doctor Who esque. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. maybe maybe the thing with her is just like she goes big with her stories. Maybe maybe she just like like I, I'm happy that the the tie in did make sense. Mm-hmm. Um. 
especially with like the like I feel it also feels like like okay from a <laughs> from a Christian's point of view like her writing the story she's like Hung- the tale of the hungry hounds sounds awesome how can I add horses to this <laughs> <laughs> she's an equestrian yes. in real life <laughs> she's like I need horses in this so and then she just like worked backwards um to me it also sounds like they're in the writer's room they're like look kids like horses uh make sure to write an episode with horses in it and they're like they look through their list and it's like uh i guess tail the hungry hounds i don't know (laughs) just just throw horses in that too (laughs) forget it so because they could have i mean it was barely about hounds i don't know (laughs) towards the end like oh by the way uh, she's like <laughs> it's just funny it's just like she rode the horse and jumped and jumped and missed on a jump and sh- they died right they didn't even get they, killed by hounds yeah. right they, it could have ended the story there but the guilt of killing jowls was that much that, <laughs> that she could not rest because <laughs> tales of a heart attack is yeah. not as catchy I guess right like like uh it could have been a story about just uh no one knows what happened that day there's no door went for a ride and the next thing they knew that they found her and mirage and um at the bottom of a cliff or something like that right they're mm-hmm. like this doesn't make sense she's an excellent writer what happened they even like say something spooked mirage they never tell you what it was mm-hmm. so that could have been it too it was and Giles. Then, I was like, Ooh. what the fuck did you? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feed the hell, you bitch. <laughs> Giles, no, please uh, die. Die, and they, well, he dies too right after. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it could have just ended there, like the tale of Andorra or something like that, right? The tale of the mm-hmm. Ouija board. It involved the Ouija board to talk to Andorra. You know? They invoked the Ouija board here. Probably not going to see it again. <laughs> like, they wrote this story, and they're like, oh, shit. We titled it The Tale of the Hungry Hounds. We got to put some hounds in this. And then it's like, they just added Giles at the end of it. <laughs> it really did feel like that. <laughs> he was the scariest part. I mean, Giles was kind of a... He made the episode there. Yeah, he did. He, did. he, he, really, he really was pissed off that he died. The, um, the thing I want to look out for as well with these stories, I want to see if there's a common theme for the characters within everybody's stories. Yeah. Betty Ann, obviously, she tells very scary things, so her characters are very creepy. Yeah, you could even tell in her like character development every time. Like, She's always down for a scary story. Mm-hmm. She wants to scare you. That's her goal. Um, now, Kristen... Kristen has a story with pretty level-headed, reasonable people. Like, they, nobody's fighting. Nobody's being needlessly arrogant or, like, mean to each other. And I want to see if that's a trend with her stories. That'd be and nice. then I also want to try and take notice and see if some other people, like maybe Frank or some other storyteller, if they always have people, you know, butting heads in their stories since their personalities are a little different and if that ties into their storytelling at all. That's true. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we'll see with these upcoming episodes. 
yeah. I also want to see what Gary brings to the table. Oh, yeah, we still haven't heard Gary. His rule is in question right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's see. Uh, Gary. David. No, Eric. We heard David twice. Gary, mm-hmm. Eric, Kiki. I'm very curious about Kiki. I am expecting good things. I think she has. she's going to blow us away. Yeah, she seems like she has that tough persona, but she's also like kind-hearted, a good soul. Mm-hmm. Outwardly tough, inwardly kind. We'll see if her she's going to have a good moral to her ghost tale. Yeah. That'd be cool. And we're probably forgetting one more person. Well, we heard from Christine. Um Frank, we heard from heard from Betty Ann, didn't hear from Gary or Eric, but we heard from David. I think that's everybody. Yeah. Okay. So we're good. We'll see where this takes us. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Any last words, Jumbie? Equestrian. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us. We'll catch you soon. Be on the lookout for another episode. Good night. <laughs>